Good morning, one and all. Welcome. Uh, For those of you that are visiting or have not yet met me, my name is Brian Simmons, and I serve the Lord as the preaching minister here at Oak Crest. It's a blessing for us to be together this morning, and I want to share something with you briefly. But before we do that, I'd like to recognize that uh, this is a joyous day, but yet also for many it is uh, perhaps less than joyous. Um, Before I begin, I want to recognize that Christmas oftentimes is hard uh, for some people. Uh, Perhaps for some of you this morning that are here, this is your first Christmas without. Your first Christmas without your kids who have left the nest and it's empty now and it's just you and your spouse. Or perhaps someone close to you and your family has passed away and this is your first Christmas without. Perhaps you or someone you know has undergone the scourge of divorce and this is the first Christmas without. There are lots of reasons, lots of things that might account for why this Christmas in 2022 is the first Christmas without. And I want to recognize that this morning, and I want to offer a brief prayer for all of those whose hearts are mixed this morning, joyous at Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Christ, uh, but also perhaps a bit heavy uh, because this is uh, Christmas without. And so if you'd allow me to pray for all of those for whom Christmas today is the first Christmas without I would be very grateful. Let's pray together. Lord, across the globe this morning, church bells have rung, rang, whichever is right. People have dressed up. People have shared presents and hot cocoa, and uh, they've shared meals. They've shared time together, and they've shared worship services. And yet, for many, their hearts are heavy uh, because there's an empty chair at the table, and there's a hole in the heart. Father, we recognize that. We recognize that as a product of this world in which we live, a world that, though it is filled with goodness and beauty and truth and light and friendship and love, it's also a world that is filled with hardship and loss. And this morning, not to be a downer, uh, but to recognize that not everyone here this morning is giddy and excited about this day. So your word, Lord, is so clear about the, the comfort and the peace that you provide. And I ask this morning, Lord, that that comfort and peace would envelop those whose hearts are hurting and that your warmth and your love would be made known and that this day with mixed feelings would be a day that is uh, a day given over uh, to a realization of, uh, of all of this because all of this is under your, your love and your grace and your mercy and your power of healing. And so, Lord, just comfort and bless and be with those this morning. Who are experiencing uh, a Lord's Day and a Christmas uh, without. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, like many of you, you might have walked around your neighborhood or driven around and seen Christmas lights and the inflatable things people have in their yard and uh, nativity displays and who knows what. In my neighborhood the other night, my wife and I were walking our dog and we passed this house that I think is the most confused house in our neighborhood because there is this beautiful nativity scene laid out with the typical Joseph and Mary and Jesus in the manger and cattle and sheep and what looked like a llama. But then behind it, towering over it, was this big, huge, 12-foot inflatable snowman. (laughs) And right next to the inflatable snowman was an 8-foot inflatable nutcracker or whatever those guard-like things are that kind of look like a guard of Buckingham Palace. 
And as I walked by that with my wife and dog, I thought, that person is very confused. Because <laughs> I'm not sure those things go together. And that's not the only thing I think that we get wrong about the Christmas thing. Um, look, I don't want to burst your bubble, but the reality is that that nativity scene that you see when you walk through neighborhoods or wherever, it's not accurate. It's not. You know, we have this whole mythology of Joseph and Mary trudging by themselves to this stall with a manger in it and cattle and sheep. And we have this mythology of the two of them by themselves cuddling this little baby. And the passage that our brother Scott Vollmer read this morning from Luke chapter 2 makes it very clear it wasn't that way. If you read that passage carefully, and if you know the history, you'll be in such a hurry to get to the manger and the shepherds and the rest of the story that you'll overlook the fact that all of this is set up when Joseph and Mary leave their hometown and they trek many miles, a pregnant woman, by the way, trekked many miles, probably walking if she was fortunate, on a donkey if she was really fortunate, to the town of Bethlehem, which is where Joseph's family was. You see, the Romans decreed there to be a census, and the way they did that was not by filling in a form like we do, or by having a census taker knock on your door. You had to go to your hometown and register. And so the way it worked historically was you'd go to your, your ancestral hometown, right? So think about where your family comes from. Well, that's what Joseph did, and he and Mary showed up, but you didn't just show up and fill out a form and walk away. It was rather like going to the tag agency, <laughs> and there's a really long line. <laughs> and you had to essentially wait around for your turn to get to the desk where this Roman official would question you about who you were and what your family lineage was, and then you could go on your way. But historians tell us it often took days, if not weeks, for that to happen. Think of being stranded in an airport. <laughs> for days waiting for your flight. It was that kind of a thing. And it's that context into which Joseph and Mary gave birth. And this nativity scene where we see Joseph and Mary alone, it just didn't happen that way. Since Mary gave birth, she would have been surrounded by all of Joseph's extended female relatives. So think about ladies giving birth with your mother-in-law and your husband's aunt and your husband's grandmother and your husband's great-grandmother and your husband's older sister and your husband's younger sister and a couple of other very interested nosy older ladies from the village all crowding around you waiting for you to give birth. Who's up for that? I mean, you thought videoing births was bad in present day. This was really bad. So the point, of course, is that this nativity scene is one in which people were well, they were there. It wasn't a lonely thing. And in fact, if you think about it, the shepherds, the magi that show up, all the family that are there, from the very day that Jesus was born, he was about bringing people together. The high and the mighty, like the educated upper-class magi, and the lowly and the overlooked, like the shepherds in the field. And all those crazy relatives that I'm sure Joseph had to have had. Because what family doesn't have at least one crazy relative? <laughs> and so from the very beginning, Jesus at least tried to bring people together. Now, if you know his story, it didn't take very long for people to use the Savior of the world as a reason to tear people apart. Jesus himself said that he would turn brother against brother and father against son. But I think from the beginning, God intended Jesus to try and bring people together. And so I think it's quite fitting that on this Sunday morning, Christmas, 
we bring people together, visitors whom many of us have not met, family whom we've not seen, and yet also those old regulars that are sitting in the same pews here that they were in 1989. And yet we're all together. And so perhaps at Christmas, in addition to the opening of gifts and the eating of homemade sweet rolls and everything else that we do, maybe we can commit to trying to be the kinds of people that bring people together. Because heaven knows this world is really good at trying to push people and tear people apart. And, and I know, I know, not everybody wants to be brought together. Plenty of people are happy to stick with their own tribe and their own people to see things the way they do and the people they're comfortable with. But from the very beginning, from the very beginning, Jesus was trying to bring people together. And so it is fitting that what we're about to do in this worship service on Christmas morning is emblematic of bringing people together. We're about to partake in communion, and the way we do that here at Oakcrest, to remind you and to make sure people that are with us for the first time understand what's about to happen. In a moment, I'll offer a prayer, and we'll take together the symbols that remind us of another portion of Jesus' life, not just the birth, which we celebrate today, but also the sacrifice that he made, and that sacrifice that ultimately brings us together with God. So the way we do that at Oakcrest is after the prayer that I'll offer, uh, there'll be a song and a video playing on the screen. And then at your convenience, if you'd like to rise and make your way to one of the tables in the front or one of the four tables spread out in the back of this room, and just uh, in your own way, on your own time, partake of the communion. There's a small cup that has a little wafer in it, a little cup next to it with a little bit of grape juice in it. Just take one of each, and as you see fit, remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But know that that sacrifice was the end of a very long earthly road that began in the context of bringing people together. Let's pray together. Lord, on Christmas Day, we come together to share this communion. On a day that we commemorate the birth of Jesus Christ, we also commemorate the rest of his life the sacrifice of his death, and the hope of eternal life that he brings us. Lord, we ask that we do this um, in a way that reflects the gravity, but also the joy of Jesus' life, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. And so, Lord, bless us together as a church family as we partake of this communion together on Christmas Day. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.